0: time we anchor ourselves into the core themes of Christianity. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Who is Jesus? What is the Bible? What are sin and grace? How do you become a Christian and then live like Over the next few weeks, we're going to dig into these questions and see what God's word has to say about bringing a new life and new light into our lives today. We hope you enjoy. Hey, good morning. Almost afternoon, I guess, and to those of you online, thank you for joining us. I wish you were here with us personally, but uh, we're glad that you're able to join us online. So um, before we actually get into this message, I want to thank you, the church. Um, You may or may not know that there was about 50 of us yesterday in the gymnasium next door here that packed 17,000 meals uh, that are going to go out And so um, I want to thank those that physically were here to do that. But also, if you're a part of this church, you were a part of that because, you know, we take up an offering every week that goes all sorts of different directions, but that's one of the directions that it goes. And so, amen, and and thank you, Lord. And we pray that that will bless uh, some people's stomachs uh, that um, may not have that meal that we have so easily sometimes. Amen. And speaking of meals, today we have Meet the Pastor. Unfortunately, I'm that guy. But um, it's right after service, 1145. You walk through the gymnasium, and the next room is called the Connecting Place. And so um, this is crazy. We we have almost 40 people signed up for this, which is absolutely amazing. Amen. And so um, if you are new to our church this year, you haven't been to a Meet the Pastor, you're new. Just today, I just met a, a family. And I said, hey, if you don't have any plans, come join us for lunch. And at Meet the Pastor, it's one hour. I'll share my story. I'll share the church's story. And then um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. So that is awesome. The rest of you, can you pray for that? Will you pray for that? We are just It just shares, shows you what's going on at our church right now. Just a lot of exciting things. So you just saw this video. And that video is very powerful. And there's two quotes in it that I'd like to start today's message off with. The first is, it said, no greater glimpse of God do we have. In reference to this Bible, amen? No greater glimpse of God do we have than this book right here. The second quote is, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And so today we're continuing a series called Discover Life. And this is a, a, a core series. It's in a booklet. And at the end of this series, we're actually going to make these booklets available. It's going to have all the scriptures and all the points. And, uh, but this is what we teach people that want to know about Jesus. This is what we teach people uh, that come to our church that are Christians already and go, what do you guys believe about some of the major topics? So we're preaching this series. Last week, we started off with uh, Jesus And uh, this week, we're going to talk about the Word. So before we get into that, let's pray. Father, um, (sighs) help me. Help me to be present in this moment, to let all the things that are going through my heart and mind right now to be pushed aside. I would pray that not just for myself, but I pray that for every one of us. And some of us are just so excited about this day. And some of us, it took everything we had to get into this room. God, meet us at where we're at and take us to where you want us to be. And we know that only could be done through your Holy Spirit. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. So right out the gate, um, my first point for the message today is really just write down the word review. I just think it's important. If you're like me, you know, um, you, you hear something one week and it's out maybe even that afternoon out of your brain. And so I just think we need reinforcement. So the Discover Life series, uh, we start off with Jesus. And we talked about Jesus last week. And we said Christianity is not a religion. It's a... All right, there's good. We got some people are listening. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And you're like, well, how do you have a relationship with someone you can't see, touch, smell, taste, you know? Well, the honest truth is we can have a relationship and it's through prayer. And literally we talked about what that looks like. And so you could go back on our website and you could hear any of the messages, watch any of the messages. But basically I said this, any of us could pray anytime, anywhere is just shooting straight with God. The second thing I said in developing a relationship is this book right here, the Bible, the Bible. And I am so excited about today's message because I truly believe that that that's the core of who West Valley is. Outside of Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. We truly believe that this is God's word, amen? And so the theme or the, the caption I would like for you to walk out of here with, and hopefully it'll trigger exactly what we learned, is who's the boss? Who's the boss? Can you say that with me? Who's the boss? And let me just give you an idea. It's not Tony Danza. All right. So, um, yeah, I know some of you ladies probably had his poster up, right? But uh, it's not Tony Danza, but who's the boss? So we learned that, yes, through God's word, we could build a relationship with Jesus. And it's just like anything. Like if, if I'm a guy and I'm wanting to get interested in dating a girl or vice versa, the girl's wanting to get interested in dating the guy, it takes time to get to know him, right? You're hanging out and you're talking on the phone or you're going and doing coffee or you're hanging out at the beach, which today would be a nice beach day, amen? Yeah, and so you got that going, but you're figuring out that person. And we could do that with God's word. And I'm not gonna get into it in detail, but last week we learned that the Old Testament is all about Jesus coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we learned about the New Testament. The first four chapters is the Gospels. And we learned that Jesus is here, right? And we want, we learned about how he acted and interacted and with people. And by the way, I challenged you. I told you this. I didn't have to take off my shoes and socks to do this. I was I was able to be a big boy and figure this out, that from last Sunday, so that Monday, the next day, through this entire series, which ends on Mother's Day, is 28 days. And one of the Gospels, Matthew, has 28 chapters. And so I encouraged all of you to read a chapter a day of Matthew. And I hope, I hope that you've been doing that. And if you haven't, it's not too late to start, okay? And so I would encourage you to do that, but do it with this filter in mind. Because we could read Scripture with all sorts of different thoughts, and that's okay. But read it this way. I want to get to know who Jesus is. And so when you read it that way, as I did this week, man, it's like, oh my gosh, right in Matthew chapter one, it's like, oh, here's his, his genealogy, right there. It's, you see where he comes from. We also learn who his parents are. We learn a little bit about Mary and we learn a little bit about Joseph and, and then we learn that, uh, he, he, uh, is, is, um, Uh, Baptized Uh, We we learned that uh, Soon after that That he was tempted By the devil in the desert Do you you know that? But we also learned That he said Hey Hey No He put the devil in his place Right? He says that's baloney What you're telling me And I want to tell you this That if The devil's willing to go after Jesus The son of God Don't you think that we're Fair victims too? Or you know Right? So just know this that Jesus is greater than he that is in the world and Jesus beat him in the desert and we could beat him too, even if we feel defeated. Amen. And so I'm just picking up some of the things that I remember reading in Matthew. Then he does a sermon on the Mount and he's a great preacher. And boy, was he tough in that though. And we learned that people were amazed by his teaching So I learned a lot again about who Jesus is. And that's, that's really how we build a relationship with Jesus Christ is through prayer and through reading his word. So now we go to the second point of the message, and that is who's the boss. And I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. These passages are so important to us in, in 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 the context of answering the question, "Who's the boss?" Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen says, "All Scripture." What does "all" mean? Oh, you guys are so sharp! "All" means all, right? And so all Scripture, all of God's Word, all of God's truth, all of God's book is is God-breathed, and it's useful. Go figure that. Now, some of us think it's useful for keeping the coffee table down. Some of us think it's useful for putting on a bookshelf so we look good. But the truth is, this book is useful. It's useful for, and let's read it together, teaching, rebuking, correcting, And training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for what? For every good work. So here's the deal. There are thousands and thousands and tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of books out there. But there's no greater book than the Bible. Now, there's, I'm not saying, you know, hogwash and, you know, nonfiction stuff out there and fiction stuff and romance novels. And I'm not putting down reading Dr. Zeus and any of that stuff for entertainment. But at the end of the day, the book above all books is the word of God. And some of you are like, oh, I don't know, you know. Well, I would just say this. You could go and ah, all that kind of stuff. Read it. Check it out yourself. And people like back in the day, Josh McDowell, uh, who I believe was a lawyer and went after it. At the end of it, he ended up becoming a Christian, saying, "This thing's real." So, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And for those of you online, what's the worst thing that could happen if you open up God's Word and start reading it? Now, some of you could start in Genesis, but it gets gets really weird, kind of not not I mean weird, but it's like. Uh, Numbers, Leviticus, all that kind of stuff. You do that. I'm not I'm not against it, but maybe some should start there in the book of John or the book of Matthew in the New Testament. But I here's the reality. Just get in it. And I'm gonna trust God, He'll do His thing. Amen? Second Timothy, all scripture. It's useful. God is the author of all scripture. That's why we call it God's word. Either this is God's word or it's not God's word. This is a gift from heaven for us. We get it like Like even in some religions, it's like only the certain man could read this to you. Baloney. All of us have access to this thing. Amen. All of us have access to it. I don't keep this to myself. I say go read it. You know, anyone that's saying don't read it yourself, let me tell you what it says. They're insecure. They got an issue. My thing is read it because I'm a jacked up pastor. Can I hear have an amen to that? Oh, some of you said amen too strong there. But the truth is, I am. I am. If I ever come across to you like I think I know it all or I am it all, that is baloney. I'm just like you. I just happen to be the guy with the microphone and the book. But I say, read it, check it out for yourself. I hope you could trust me, and I am going to do the best I can. But read the book yourself and all God's people said the word equipped it says equips you it simply means this in Webster's the definition the definition of equip is to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose is that cool Because here's the deal, we know our purpose. Sometimes we forget it and I say it all the time. Matthew chapter 22, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And oh, by the way, love your neighbor as yourself. That's our purpose, that's it. It's to love God and love others. And then this passage says, this book is gonna help us do that. So like I read the Matthews, I'm at chapter seven. And I don't, can't remember. I think it's in the sermon. Yeah, it's in the sermon Not One of the things that, that it was kind of hard is like, he was like, yeah, you need to love those that are hard to love. I'm like, really? Like, I'm good at loving those that are easy to love. I'm not very good at hard, loving those that are hard to love. How about you? But see, that passage just said, but I know, but you still got to do it. And so, so the, the scripture teaches us God's word teaches us how to love God better and how to love others. It equips us to do life and to do it right. The Bible contains eternal universal truths which are relevant to you and the personal circumstances of your life. Have you found that to be true? You know, you're walking through something and all of a sudden you open up the word or someone shares a word with you and you're like, how did he know? Or how did they know? that that's what I'm walking through right now. I was in a situation where I I was doing more talking than listening. And then wouldn't you know that I'm teaching the youth two weeks ago, James chapter one. And if you know James chapter one, he says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I'm like, dang. And then it says slow to become angry. Have you found God's word relevant to your life at just the right time? I know I have. Scripture does not come from man. It comes from God. Read first, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. Above all, he says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. The prophets weren't drinking around a campfire and looking up at the stars and going, hey, I got a good one, Paul. Why don't we talk about Jesus walking on the water? That's a good one. No, 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 I got a better one. How about he's done teaching and everyone's hungry and there's a little boy, he's got a couple fish and some bread and they feed him over 5,000. <laughs> ha, 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 yeah, that's a good one. And they're just sitting around making up all these stories. No, no prophecy, the Bible says. Of scripture came about the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna get into all of this, but here's the reality. Yes, a man, a human being wrote God's word as they were inspired by God. God used the human to physically write it, but all scripture is God-breathed. That's why we say the word Is the boss. So I I found this on my bookshelf. Like, look how thin this thing is. It says, Why trust the Bible? This is like one of our first things that we printed as a church, probably back in 1977 when we first started. I mean, it is awful looking, you know, the graphics and whatever. But this is gold. I'm gonna see if we could reprint it and redesign it to give it to you guys. But let me let me read to you the front page here. It says, Why do I trust the Bible? And then the first point says, because it's unique. And then it goes on to say, Webster's Dictionary must have had the Bible in mind when he wrote the definition for unique. The definition is one and only, single, soul. The second definition, different from all others, having no like or equal. Amen? Then it goes on to give all these facts. Hold on to your seats. You ready? Hold on to your purple seats. Unique in this way, written over 1600 year span, written over 60 generations, written by 40 plus authors from every walk of life, including kings, peasants, philosophers, Fisherman, poet, statesman, scholars, etc. Moses was a political leader trained in, uh, uh, the University of Egypt. Peter, a fisherman. Amos, a herdsman. Joshua, a military general. Nehemiah, a cupbearer. Luke, a doctor. Daniel, a prime minister. Solomon, a king. Matthew, a tax collector. And Paul, a rabbi. It was written at different places. Moses in the wilderness, Jeremiah in a dungeon, Daniel on a hillside in a palace, Paul inside prison walls, Luke while traveling, John on an aisle in Patmos, others in rigors of military campaigns. It was written in different times. David in times of, um, of fear and war, Solomon in times of peace. It was written in different moods. Some writings from the heights of joy, And other writings from the depths of sorrow and despair. It was written on three continents Asia, Africa, and Europe. It was written in three three languages Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Even in all of its diversity, it still is totally unified. This is the Bible. God didn't have to do it. He didn't have to send his son and he didn't have to send his word, but this is a gift from the Lord. And if you do not have a Bible, on your way out, we have two um, displays of Bibles on the back there. Grab one, consider it a gift from West Valley Christian Church. There's only one requirement. You read it, okay? And I'm serious. If you don't have a Bible, grab one. Oh, there's something I want to say on that, but I need to, I need to keep moving here. <sighs> All right. With that, um, some of you have been noticing I have a stack of books here. Did, did anyone see that? It's been driving you crazy, huh, Andrea? Yep, 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 yep. What is that book? We know Pastor Rob, he doesn't read that many books. I told you when I was 18, I gave my life to the Lord. Sorry, this didn't hit me like this first service. Um I was taught the Discover Life series back then. It was called the Eight Part Study. I was the very first person they ever took this through. I'm an 18-year-old dealing with loneliness. I've survived a car accident. I'm lost. And um, Steve Cook and Darren Skates taught me this very lesson that I'm teaching right now on God's Word. I had a Bible. It was given to me by my stepmom and dad when we were in the Mormon church for that short period of time I talked about last week. I never opened it. It was. A, it's a cool Bible. It's on my shelf. Um. Has my name on it. But after them taking me through this lesson, I, I got in my 1967 Mustang and I drove down to Panga towards the 118, and I think it's Lassen. There's Country Deli there right now, and there's a Starbucks. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There used to be a place right there called Valley Book and Bible. Do you remember that? A little, little Christian bookstore. <laughs> And I walked in there, Robbie Denton, at 18 years old, my sister told me about it. And I wanted to buy my, bi- my first Bible for me. And um, that's my first Bible that I bought. NASB, ripped, it's highlighted. This is the Bible that I first started learning God. A relationship with Jesus Christ. All these books sit on my bookshelf and for this week, I can't even remember the last time I pulled these off and I had my own cry fest because it just brought back so much. This is a Bible called uh, the Life Applications. It's just New Testament and it's a translation. Um, it's it's not, you know, Anyways. It was a simpler way for me to understand God's word. And it was the first Bible I had that had um, commentary on the bottom. Now, any of you that have Bibles with commentary, please always remember this. The top part is God's word. The bottom part is man's word. So if there's ever conflict, always go with God's word. But I used to write some of my very first Bible studies for the college ministry I, I, I started from this book. And boy, did it bring back a lot of memories this week. Here's my first preaching Bible. It's, and, and it's got some pages missing. It's not because I think I got mad and I ripped it out. It's just, it was just ripped. And, and now, now, some of you, have, honestly, I know some of you, you come from a background like you think I'm the biggest sinner in the world right now that this is like this. I'm the opposite. I think worn Bibles are good. <laughs> now, if yours is perfect and immaculate, knock yourself out. But um, I just, uh, I want to trust a preacher that has a brand new Bible. Well, sorry, because I have one. <clears throat> this one, this one probably used the most preaching, started journey with it, um, another preaching Bible. And um, <laughs> it got so thrashed that Marla Lozano, some of you remember her, she was working in the library over there. She rebounded for me just so I could get get through it. This Bible is incredibly special. You guys know this. This cover has a long history of being in prison, not because I did anything wrong. (laughs) Um, I was in Chile and ministering in a prison, and one of the prisoners gave me the cover for it. But again, it's interesting to see what I highlighted at what seasons in my life. Why do I go through this with you? Because I want to let you know that even though I'm not perfect at reading God's Word over the 30 years of knowing Him, I've really worked hard at reading God's Word. And you know what? God's word has read my life. And if I could be really vulnerable, the word and I haven't always had a good relationship. Is there anyone else out there like that? Like there's some times that I've read this thing and I'm like, I hate it. I'm sorry, Lord, but I don't like, it's just like a parent that tells you something that you don't want to hear, right? Uh, Am I tracking with anybody out there on that? But but you don't throw away a parent. and <laughs> You don't throw away God's word. So honestly, this stack right here is so incredibly meaningful. And then um, the problem is, um, not with the rest of you, but I-, I can't read any of those Bibles. You know why? And it has nothing to do with being spiritual. They're all, the words are too small. <laughs> so then I got this one. <laughs> And it's been like, oh, <laughs> especially when I'm preaching, you know? you like, some of you are thinking, oh, they put the scripture up there to help me. No, it's to help Pastor Rob, <laughs> you know? It's like, <laughs> and I'm always, Tracy, make the fonts bigger. But um, I'm hoping there's a bigger version because <laughs> I'm even working my way out of this one. But anyways, God's word is absolutely amazing. And he wrote it not to give us information, but he wrote it to allow us to have transformation. Amen? Are you reading God's word? If not, I would, re, I would encourage you to re-engage again with God's word. And for me personally, I'd always say the book of John, because of the challenge recently, book of Matthew, maybe if you want real, real practical, I think James or even Psalms and Proverbs are good places to start. Maybe Leviticus and Numbers you could save for later. <laughs> but they are still God's word. But you know what's interesting? So I went on this journey with Valley Book and Bible. I'm literally 18 years old, and I made a habit of going to that place. I was there all the time. I wanted the newest praise CDs. I know, but that's who I was, and I was just taking it all in. And um, the one thing I learned is that Christian music sucked back then. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to use that word um, back then, but anyways, um, it was awful because they take secular stuff and really try and make it like, it was awful. But I did find some good stuff. Um, Back then, it was all undercover, common bond, um, altar boys, Christian, like punk, actually. And it was some good stuff. I'm sorry, Brian Duncan and Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant, but that was a little weird for me. Um, There was a song I looked up, um, White Heart. Does anyone remember the band White Heart? Okay, there's two of you great thank you brian shaw there was a song that this band sang and i'd see him sing it live it was read the book don't wait for the movie and so i found the lyrics it says i'm going to share a little bit television subdivision he sees it on an avid screen the cable's on the tape is running it shows you how old this is right the tape is running that's vhs The tape is running, so he won't miss a thing. I asked him if he knew Jesus. He said, what channel is he on? Well, he sees the latest feature, a Bible sits collecting dust, TV guide and programs listing, the only place he puts his trust. Who says a wealth of information has to be filmed on location? And then here's the chorus. Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Read the book. Don't wait for the... Oh, sorry. Sorry. But there's Robbie Denton and there's, you know. But don't wait for the movie. And then he goes on and says, I asked them if they knew Jesus. Is he, a th- is he in a theater near you? I said, no, he's the Messiah. Do you think he'll get good reviews? And then there's read the book, don't wait for the movie. Hollywood says the movie's better. Special effects are the thing. But the miracles of the Father, they can never be put on screen. So read the book, don't wait for the movie. And I love that chorus, and I shout that out to you today. Read the book; don't wait for the movie. But my grandparents read it, or I, or, I, or or my 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 spouse reads it, or my my you know my pr- preacher reads it, or I listen to it all week long uh, from all kinds of other preachers, and I say those are all good things. But is your nose in the book? Are you reading the book? And if you aren't, let me encourage you to get your face in the book no matter how young or old you are and all God's people said Hebrews 4 12 says for the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even dividing soul and spirit joints and borrow it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart nothing in all creation is hidden from his sight everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes of him who must give an account you see the word of God is alive and active It's active if we allow it to be in our lives. You see, I need God's word to do surgery in my life. And sometimes that's why we don't like God's word because it tells us things that we don't like. But I didn't like what the doctor had to say to me after my big surfing accident in Maui. Man, that makes me sound like I'm so bad. Aren't you impressed? I go to church where the pastor surfs and he had a best... It really wasn't that, <laughs> it was a paddle board, and it was a little wave and I was just trying to make my way to shore at the end of the day and I tipped off because I was out of balance and I fell into coral, cut the top of my foot. A lot of you guys know this story. But the doctor after two months and it grew this growth on there said, hey, you're growing coral in your foot. Top of your foot, now you need to do something about it. So I have a, res- I have a response, right? no. Or yeah, right? Yes or no. And remember, if I don't make a decision, it is a decision of no. I want you to hold on to that one, right? So I allowed them to have surgery. They pulled it out, and there was recovery two, three months. And then guess what? It popped up on a different part of my foot. And here's the reality. If I didn't have that second surgery, literally, he said, I might not have a left leg because it would just totally affect the leg, or it could take you out completely right. So even though surgery is inconvenient and it's painful, it was good to do the surgery. Are you with me? And that's what God's word is. It's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates divine uh, uh, joints and marrow, soul and spirit. And yeah, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's hard to hear what God wants to say. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. But God, you don't know, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I do. And you'd be better off if, Right? Got quiet in here. Hmm. Psalms 1 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in its way. Psalms 119 9. How can a young person keep his way or path of purity by living according to your word? Scripture says it over and over again. Here's the reality, church. We could give all kinds of reasons why we think our society is all messed up, why our world is turning like it is. But here's the reality. We have said this book doesn't matter anymore. We've said, get it out of the schools, and we've said, get it out of the government. We've said, get it out of the house, and get it out of the hospitals, and get it out of the courtroom. And let's just say, how is that working? Look around, see how it's working. You know what's going to change our world is not another uh, government or another political party or another form of social media what's going to change our world is getting back to the word of God getting our face in the word of God giving our government in the word of God giving our schools in the word of God and by the way getting our churches back into the word of God Solomon was here and he goes a representative and he goes to all kinds of churches every week and we went out to lunch this was about six weeks ago and, and I said you know how was service he said this this, and this and he goes but you know what the thing that surprised me the most you preach with the Bible in your hand I went, what? He goes, you just don't see that anymore. And I says, well, I'm committed to it because I want people to know it's this, not this. And he goes, then you had stacks of Bibles at the back. And he goes, I actually saw people opening up Bibles. And he goes, that's just not normal. Let me just tell you something, church. It ought to be normal. And if the church isn't opening up God's word, well, then why are we expecting the courthouses to open up God's word and the schools to open up God's word? I'm going to get real personal, and this, this, this one's still messing me up. And we all have different things that mess us up. I'm at Easton's game, my 15-year-old's baseball game. It's about 3.20 on Monday. He's playing at the school, Oaks Christian in Wesley. About halfway into the inning, all of a sudden, there's helicopters left and right, and you just kind of go, okay, something happened. The game goes for two, two and a half hours, circling, circling, circling. And then as I'm walking, I get a, a, an email from the school. I, they call him the man. I don't know what they call him. But anyways, the big guy. And he says, hey, this is an incident that's happened. So I look it up. You may or may not know there's an incident on Monday where a gentleman went into Walmart in Simi Valley, stabbed some people, got in his car, went to Camarillo, some things with his family out there. I don't know all that happened. Got back in the car, headed back at, out towards what, Thousand Oaks, Westlake, School had just gotten out at Westlake. Kids are all walking. Kids are sitting at a bus stop. He decides to jump the curb in his car, and I think he ran over five or six kids. Two of them critical condition. A couple of them sent home. One killed. 15-year-old boy waiting at a bus stop with his sister. Supposedly, it's his mom's birthday. That evening, they were going to celebrate. I... We live in a messed up world. And, you know, cars aren't bad. Guns aren't bad. Uh, pills aren't bad. Uh, you know, driveways aren't bad. Billboards aren't bad. Computers aren't bad. People are. <laughs> you know, and, and, and what, what needs to happen is we need to change the heart of man, the humans. And the only way to change the heart is God's word. Are you with me? And, and it's got to start with you and I. And here's what's really important. I I'm had dealing with a situation this week, and oh, this person, I think they're just hurt, and so they have a problem with another situation. They're, they're, they're putting all this stuff, 20 pages worth of emails I printed out. That's how long this thing is. And then all this scripture, and you would think, amen. I'm just going to be honest. I looked at it, 90% of the scripture quoted was wrong. And so, yes, we need to be in God's word, but as we're in God's word, let me just tell you, as your shepherd, we need to be careful what we're doing with God's word. I'm going to use big words here. We need to be doing exegesis, which means reading the word and extracting from it what God said, instead of isegesis, which is reading the word and putting into it what we think it says we got some major issues going on in our society that a lot of Christians are shocking the heck out of me, going, oh, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. God doesn't, read his word. Read his word. Don't argue with me. Read his word. Okay. You're fortunate, I'm just going to keep going. As a new homeowner, I was like 27, 28. One of the first projects was putting in a garage door opener. Um, big old box. Open it up. and there I, I, I used to have it in my office. I couldn't find it. The instruction manual was that big. And my point is, I could have read that whole instruction manual. I could have even memorized that instruction manual and still not had a garage door opener. Are you with me? Because if we're all about information but not transformation, we're missing it. James chapter 1 also says this, starting in verse 19. And I'm going to give you the Nike version, the translation. Just after I told you exegesis and eisegesis is important, I'm, I'm giving you exegesis. Just do it. Don't just read God's word, but live God's word. And so eventually I had a garage door opener that worked. Took a long time, but it's because I applied what I read. If the truth is known, even back then it was probably we applied. (laughs) So I conclude with this I believe this to be God's word. If He said it, whether I believe it or not, that settles it. Church, I hope that you've been challenged, I hope that you've been encouraged. Let's pray. Father, as we close out this sermon, we thank you that your word is our authority, is our boss. We thank you that it was given to help us, not hurt us. We thank you that it's alive and applicable for our lives today. I pray that you help us to read it. I pray that you help us to live it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen thank you for listening for more information please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services have a great day